skin is a living part of your body and your largest organ. And as skincare experts for over 30 years, Dermalogica's number one focus is on empowering people to achieve their healthiest skin ever. Education is at the heart of everything we do. So our podcast brings advice from top skin health experts directly to you. Join us as we discuss research and skin technologies to help you get real results. Welcome to your skincare journey with Dermalogica. It's time to start living in your healthiest skin. Welcome to the Living Skin Podcast. Hey everyone, it's Beth by Elko here, and we are so excited to have you join us today because we are kicking off yet another exciting, very inspiring and informative Therapist Thursdays with a very special guest from Melbourne, Australia. And this is George Kukulis, who is joining us tonight, calling in and giving us some great information about being a skin therapist, an entrepreneur, a business owner, and you know, for him, the list goes on. So I'm excited to have George with us today, and he is going to be giving us more information about you know, what it's been like working in this business prior to COVID, um, how it works when you go into lockdown, coming out of lockdown, going back in. We all have been experiencing this roller coaster of, I think, business and emotions and finances when it comes to our industry and how we each have been managing a little bit differently to get through this, what we kind of refer to as the new next. So we're excited to have George join us for his input and again, his inspiration behind how he's been managing during these unprecedented times. So George, welcome to the podcast. Beth, thank you so much. I'm so excited and thrilled to be here. Greetings from Australia. Well, we are excited that you are calling in your morning, my evening. I love how we're making this all work for each of us. And I think these Therapist Thursdays, George, are so impactful because our, you know, our tribe of, of skin therapists really love to hear from others, other peers. You know, it's like we're all you know, colleagues. We're all in this together, and especially with all of these changes. So before we get started, I would love for you to share with our listeners a little bit more about you and how you, you know, became a skin therapist and a little bit more about your story and journey into entering the skincare industry. Okay, so I have been using skincare since I was six years of age because I was born with very, very severe atopic eczema and dermatitis, so much so that you couldn't see the skin on my face. So I was the child that was shunned at school. I ended up becoming an elementary school teacher. And one day, one of my little students at five years of age said that she couldn't recognize me. She saw a monster in front of her. And that was the day I decided to give up teaching and become a PST. And for me, it was a game changer because I needed to reach out to empathize with other people who struggled with skin problems that weren't acne related as such. And in those days, we never talked about skin problems. We shied away from them. And having had facials since six years of age, I knew that I was ready to become a professional skin therapist to fix my own skin and then eventually be able to help others. So it was really a, a journey that was defined by a total cause of my own need. Okay. And I think a lot of our you know, people tuning in today can 
absolutely relate to that. A lot of our skin therapists, uh, myself included, got into the industry because, like you said, of own personal need and then mm -hmm. empathizing with others who you know may be experiencing that. And how can you you know make like a, a bigger difference? So I think that's a great lead in because a lot of us are probably listening right now and shaking their head and being like, "Yes, I totally can relate to that." I think what's interesting too, and I was. You've been speaking and also to just learning a little bit more about you and your business is that you've been often referred to as the facial maestro. What does that, where did that come from? What does that mean um, when it comes to how you are, have been conducting or giving your treatments? This is an area, oh my gosh, Beth, where do I begin? It is everything that I live for and stand for. The title, The Facial Maestro, actually came from a client of mine many, many years ago. And the funny thing is I use no machinery in my treatments at all. The whole facial is hands-on, not even a steamer is allowed in my room. My cleanse is a 45-minute massage and I perform it with eyes closed and I literally move my entire body to the music that's in the room. So the running joke is that I play the skin like an instrument in the same way that a maestro is so fierce, fiercely passionate about what they do. And that's where it came from. And it's stuck and I quite like it because it is quirky. As a PST, I only do facials, I only do peels. I do nothing related to the body, to the hands at all. So it's always been decollete right back to the you know, behind the shoulders and trapezius. That is a facial to me, hands-on, no running out of the room and always touching the client. So the touch therapies resonate so deeply with me in Dermalogica for that reason. Okay. All right. So definitely that human touch element is definitely is a key thing with your, with your services. I think that's an interesting point that you put that you don't use machines or modalities or even mm -hmm. and I bet a lot of our therapists are probably thinking like hmm you know how, mm -hmm. how you how did you come to that decision that that maybe machines weren't necessarily a fit for your business that's a really interesting question and to be honest I've never really vocalized it but I can tell you exactly I remember reading a study that was published by Harvard University in 1992 talking about the rearing of twin animals in isolation, one that was held by human touch and the other that was fed by machines. And you could see the ability to thrive from touch. And touch is intimate, it is primordial, it's authentic, and it is quite frankly the first sense that a parent experiences when they've given birth to a child. They hold the child before they even smell the child. So touch speaks in ways that no other sense can and from a business perspective as well i always say hands don't lie skin doesn't lie and figures don't lie you can be the most gracious host but not a genuine person and the second you touch someone that resonation of authenticity and intent comes through and i hate the steamer myself because i suffer with a lot of uh, sinus related issues and allergies and being part of the atopic triad everything sets me off so i couldn't breathe under a steamer so instead i do a lymphatic massage through very very hot aromatic compresses for 10 minutes so again it's a hands-on approach to preparing the skin and also by cleansing the skin for as long as I do, you'd be amazed how much debris is lifted off even before we exfoliate. And every muscle is lifted. That the one thing that clients always say is they walk out having a facelift. 
and so much so that I have two cosmetic surgeons who have their own skincare practices who come to me for their facials for that reason, that they prefer the touch. I love that. I think that is so perfect in how you've shared how it fits for you. And I think that's important for a therapist who are tuning in today is, you know, really recognizing what fits you, your brand, your business. Um, and you don't have to do what everybody else is doing. And I think it needs to be something that feels very genuine and authentic. And right now during these, you know, these times of where people are literally becoming, I think, like touch starved, like we're not able to embrace each other or hug each other in some, in some locations. And a lot of areas have opened up, but maybe the touch is limited or they have mm -hmm. to do a service with a mask or they can't do, you know, anything that is below the neck. So there's a lot of restrictions. Now, again, some other states and, and countries and markets have opened, but I, I think it's just important to really tap into that sense. I'm so glad you brought that up because coming back out of this, or if you are coming back into opening up your business, that is something I think, George, you've really just really made a great point about that getting your massage, your touch, your physical connection up to par with your clients is going to make a huge thing because they're going to, they're going to be craving that. They're going to be like wanting that. So speaking of business and your business, how long have you been in business um, overall? And then telling us a little bit about where the coming into that more of that owner operator decision came. So Beth, I've been in business now as the facial master for eight years and had worked out of one location for seven years. I could say that I was, it was a really unusual business structure as an owner uh, of the business because I also shared the purchasing of stock with another business owner where I was located. So it was a bit of a mixed role. And then when COVID round one hit, we went into lockdown, but I started to notice that patients and clients were not coming in even as early as February. So we noticed a real decline in the industry here in, in Australia. And then when lockdown occurred in March, it was a time of complete financial ruin for a lot of businesses. I noticed the brakes immediately and, you know, the brakes had been put, so to speak, forward. Everything stopped. And it was really, really hard to reconcile where we were going as an industry. Clients were afraid to see us. We weren't able to practice. And it just didn't feel right where I was that I then decided to join a very, very trustworthy uh, associate of mine as my new business partner. And then we decided to move to a new studio, a new location. And that happened again, just as the industry was shut down for the second time. And then we've just emerged from a three month lockdown. So in effect, in business for eight years, the last year has really been about change. And my new studio and new location is less than four months old. So it is in its infancy, but with a great clientele that is loyal and devoted. Now I just need to bring them in, given the limitations we still face here in Melbourne, which are quite strong. Now, where are you now with the business? Like you said, it's been four, it's four months in your new location. Um, can you share with us like maybe what you have been doing like during this, during this time where you haven't been open and where you've had periods of just opportunity to, to see some clients? 
Absolutely. So Beth, it's been a really interesting time because the one thing I haven't done is worked from home during the lockdown. I obtained a work permit, so I've been going in every day, whether it was to organise mini renovations and cosmetic improvements of the space with my business partner to actually set up. The first thing I did was I established the retail area and posted that on social media. I'm a real believer of retail as much as service because you have to be doing the right thing at home. It doesn't matter what we do in clinic. So retail sales were quite steady throughout those four months. Clients were reaching out. Friends of clients from interstate who I've never even met before approached me via social media saying, we love Dermalogica, we can buy it five minutes from home, but we would rather support your business because Victoria is doing it really tough. So it was a great way to build new clients who may not be service clients, but they are now new retail clients as well. So I always kept retail open, you know, virtual consultations happening and also writing blog articles and working behind the scenes on the new website. There's always something to do. And so we may be locked down. We may be shut down and not able to receive clients and guests in the premises, but I made a point of being visible throughout the local neighborhood, meeting my clients on the street to deliver packages via a click and collect platform or home delivery. But it's just about being hands-on and I've got so many clients waiting to come back and our industry is still in limbo in regards to what we can do. However, that is not an impediment to the business. If anything, it's just making us more resolutely stubborn about maintaining our growth and developing from there. Okay, great. Thank you, George. I, that was perfect to be able to understand just the ebb and flow in these. It's a constant changing working environment and landscape that a lot of us are experiencing globally. Again, like you're calling in from Australia. I know we have listeners that are right here in the United States who have definitely similar experiences because their state has been a complete lockdown, but then someone right next to them might be open. So I know one thing you mentioned in your conversation is that during this time, retail was important to you. And so you kept that up via online, you know, retailing and virtual consultations. Can you share with us how those two experiences helped your business and how you felt you went, it worked for you to go about performing those um, virtual options. Absolutely, Beth. So I'll be totally honest, without retail, being in lockdown and in a new business without being allowed to open, we might as well have shut the doors permanently, so to speak, before we've even started. So retail has always been something that long before COVID, I've always believed, and I mentioned earlier, is so important. How can we truly be PSTs if we are not engineering and driving and creating the journey at home? And I have a very strict philosophy, which I'll lead into the online consultations with. I have a three month or you're out philosophy. So I learned this many, many years ago, and it's a bit brutal, but business is brutal as well. Okay. I will often say to a new client, welcome, you know, well, of course, you're always going to give them the best service and you're welcome them in. And I'll say, look, I appreciate that you may be using products that you already have at home. I will see you in four weeks time. By then you'll at least be halfway on my program. And the next month after that, you'll be fully on my program. If you choose not to use my products, but you then wish to have my services, I can't be responsible for the image you present when you're outdoors and you're telling people that I'm your facialist. If you're not growing with your skin, I'm not going to devote my time to help you. So within three months, if you're not using the products that I recommend, I need you to move to another therapist. 
because I can't service you. Mm -hmm. I run a very boutique business and I need to be as hands-on and in control of the destiny of your skin. And that's why you've come to me. So on that level, my clients are very loyal. And when lockdown occurred, Mm -hmm. I was getting a lot of phone orders, social conversations from clients. You know, I'm running out of product. Well, I'd say to them, I'm not selling until we at least do a FaceTime. I need to see what's happening. I haven't seen you for a few months. We're all changing. We're all dealing with, you know, the new normal, mask me, et cetera. So I need to see what's happening. So you need to show me. And it started from there. And then other clients who were in corporate started getting their staff to book in for group Zoom. So we'd do facial classes together and then ship out the Dermalogica program to them. So we'd send them a starter pack plus samples of Dermalogica and then we'd go through a complete overhaul of their skincare ritual. What are you using? How are you using it? Why are you doing it? And it was great. We had up to 12 people participate. So mm -hmm. it was like a group facial consult. And also we've got face mapping. At the end of the day, the eyes see everything. Right. And we should be asking questions. So we may not be able to feel the skin in front of us, but I would then get my clients to physically perform a diagnosis for me, where I'd get them to lift the cheek so I could determine how much dehydration there was. I'd get them to squint to determine the depth of lines and wrinkles around the eyes. I would get them to run their thumb over their T-zone, blot it to remove makeup and then feel for any sebaceous matter, just so I could understand a little bit about what they were able to feel mm -hmm. and then link it to what I could see. So it was as hands-on as could be from two different screens and it worked really well. And we should never give up diagnosis. I think the biggest mistake we make is, oh, you know, Beth's been coming for years. We've just got to have a chat about what's happening in her life. Well, no, every single time we can't emphasize it enough. Are we face mapping? Are we asking? Are we diagnosing? Because we're missing opportunities to prescribe the most correct program, which would also lead to an upsell of product and service. So we need to always be conscious of that. Okay. Okay. Well, first number number one question, because I know a lot of our listeners are tuning in are thinking like, okay, George, that sounds amazing. I like your three month rule. How, how did your clients feel about that when you said, listen, this is my, this is my protocol, or these are my recommendations, or this is the guidelines I run for my business. How did you implement that in a way that felt natural to you and that your clients were able to kind of I, I would say like adapt to mm -hmm. and feel okay with. I'm sure that's going to be a question that's coming up. It definitely is a really, it will be really, uh, you know, notable question to ask. And so I'm glad you asked it. Beth. Okay. To be honest, I've only rejected three clients in eight years. So they are very loyal. And a lot of the time, because I only recently started social media, I didn't even have a business card until this year. So it was always word of mouth. Okay. So when people come to me, they know what to expect. Mm -hmm. And I say to them, you've been given my name, you've been given my details, and I'd love to invite you in, but this is how I work. I'm very, very strict about what I do, but I will create the best, healthiest, most radiant skin. Let's say living skin. Mm -hmm. Let's take the name of the podcast, but it's true. Skin is a living organ that needs the respect. And so I say to people, don't come to me once a month or however frequently you do 
and then go home and commit lots of, you know, skin sins and use inappropriate products incorrectly and then expect me just to bring you back to basics. I want your skin to improve exponentially with each visit. And that can only happen when there is total honesty yeah. and compliance between the two of us. Yes. And that's how I work. Yeah. So, and they respect that because as paying clients, they're seeing those results and they then realize now why they're getting results as opposed to buying their supermarket. And there's nothing wrong with uh, their skincare, sorry, from a supermarket or drugstore, if that's what you want to do. But when you engage in connection with a PST, we are professionals and we need to stand our ground as highly educated, qualified professionals. This is why we align ourselves with the products we work with, why our treatment modalities are a certain way and why we therefore achieve results. So if they're coming to us for results, they need to also meet us at least halfway. Right. And that's my belief. Okay. I love that. No, totally, totally very well spoken and explained because you know, I think there's a lot of therapists who are listening to the stores thinking like, yes, I, or maybe I've always wanted to ask that, but I was afraid to do it, or I wasn't sure how, or I thought it might be off-putting to my clients. And I'm glad you just brought that authenticity and just that the information around that, because it is a, um, it is a commitment that you're giving to your client, but at the same time, we shouldn't be afraid to ask our clients to commit to us and to their skincare. And I agree with that hundred percent that especially when you do all the work and then they go and use something that is actually against your advice or goes against their regimen and then they have a reaction or an issue and then we're going back to, to square one and then we're fixing it and not seeing this acceleration because every single client wants results. But they have to understand definitely that skincare is, is a two-way street. It's a double commitment from you, you know, and and your client as well. So I'm so excited that you shared with that. I I can definitely see a lot of our listeners going, thinking about how they can work with their clients more closely in what we could call like a committed relationship, really, in it with the products and the services. So with the virtual consultation, you're getting people to talk to you about like their, their skin, what's happening, the changes, and then being able to recommend product. And I think that's an interesting point of how you mentioned that it, keeping that retail revenue coming up is important. But I think in the long term, do you feel like that virtual consultation, that retailing is also then setting up the service success for when they can come back in, like kind of putting you, the two of you, like ahead of the game, would you agree? Absolutely, Beth. And that's the thing, especially for new people who have been referred for virtual consultations, mm -hmm. the hunger for treatment becomes even stronger. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are buying vouchers in advance of coming into the clinic because they want to be able to own a piece of a treatment. So at the end of the day, I'm also very much an old school therapist. It's all about the hands-on approach. It is about the human touch. And therefore, everything that I promote relates back to that. And that's why the name of the business itself reflects facials more than anything. It's more about the facial maestro rather than the facial maestro as such, because the facial is ultimately the most powerful service we can offer to our consumers 
to really showcase what we do as PSTs. And that is our craft. That is what we learned and honed and developed. So people are really touch staffed, which you mentioned earlier, and more importantly, treatment staff. Mm-hmm. We are noticing more and more people, people who, you know, I've spoken with over the years who've never really been, uh, shall we say, uh, enticed by the idea of a facial are now coming, clamoring, wanting them because they realize that they need to be touched, but they also need to see a tangible improvement in their skin due to COVID, due to these circumstances. So it really does go hand in hand. And yes, retail is important, but at the end of the day, if we are not bringing people into our clinics and developing those relationships, treating their skin, educating them on how to do things, a product is still a product on a shelf if they're not using it properly. And that's where it really is, you know, double-edged sword. It's so connected and so authentically linked. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I treat what I do as the love of my life. Facials are what I wake up for. And for the last eight months, you know, except for the few weeks here and there that I was able to practice, I could feel my hands getting really, really tired and stressed because they weren't moving, they weren't working. Mm-hmm. And I would say that I suffered physical fatigue, which led to emotional fatigue because I couldn't do what I loved. Mm-hmm. And as therapists, we crave to give because that is how we receive yeah. Yeah. an authentic, passionate drive. And I, and I think as therapists too, we're very nurturing and giving by nature. I think that's just part of your kind of innate buildup when you choose to kind of be in this profession or sometimes as I say, like the profession chose me, you know, mm-hmm. I, I kind of fell into, you know, where I was because I was completely, I was in advertising and public relations, right? Not even near where I, as a skin therapist, but I think you, you know, you find that path, which I think is really important. And I, want to kind of go back towards what you said about that connection and how people are being, you know, kind of this touch starved. And I know some therapists might be thinking, well, I'm not back into practicing yet, or I'm still into lockdown, but they have to remember to just seeing someone on a zoom call, a WhatsApp, um, FaceTime, whatever platform works best for you and your client, just that physical like eye contact and being able to see someone without a mask on and showing your genuine interest in listening. I feel that also takes, again, another step towards that emotional connection and builds that trust and maintains that trust with their clients. So when they can come back to see you, they're going to remember like, you know what, that therapist took the time to have a 15 minute consultation, a 20 minute or five minutes or touch base versus just sending a email or a quick, you know, or a text. I think that's important. How do you feel like the virtual face-to-face has kind of, has kept your clients connected to you? Do you feel like that's been a, a, a help for your business? It definitely has been. And I think exactly what you mentioned, it was the eye contact. It was, you know, let's use the word virtual. It was a virtual touch. It was a virtual existence where we're almost quite there, but not. And the interesting thing is, I also found that prior to starting in the new location, as I was winding down where I was, Mm -hmm. my clients were amazing. They'd come with food and bottles of wine, even though I don't drink, which was gorgeous. And just lots of little gifts just to make sure that I was okay. 
because I'm, I live on my own, I'm single, I don't have perhaps the opportunity to touch or be touched. So my clients took it upon themselves to almost become an extended family, giving me so much love and nourishment. So, you know, even at home, we would have FaceTime conversations when I was at home eating dinner that they cooked for me. And it just became a part of it. So when I was open for, you know, trading a new business, the first thing they wanted to do was make time to touch base face to face. So it had really fed the relationship that we have. My clients to me really are family. They are so nurtured as I am nurtured by them. So as much communication as we possibly have is a really powerful thing. And to be able to look someone in the eye, you know, albeit not being able to physically touch them, we are still able to explore the sensory connection which leads to that trust. And I think that is so, you know, important now more than ever. And I did notice that and I totally agree. And that's why virtual is a platform that we, whether we like it or not, we have to embrace it. And once I'm back in full-time practice, it may be a very limited amount of time that is devoted to virtual, mm -hmm. but it will still be there for those who physically are interstate who are now clients right. or for whatever reason, someone can't come in. You know, you need to be able to step up and evolve just as our industry evolves from a technological product ingredient perspective or an educational perspective. I mean, let's face it, the IDI in Dermalogica is always about pushing us forward. And that's something that has saved me during COVID. So it's the same sort of thing where we have to adapt technology to mm -hmm. further grow our businesses. And that's where virtual, whether we like it or not, is here to stay and it will outlive a lot of other modalities. Yes. So I do believe in its power. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. And, you know, we agree so much, of course, if you're thinking, you're listening to this podcast thinking, oh my gosh, like, I don't know where to start on virtual consultations. I don't know the first thing about asking the right questions or how do I do a virtual face mapping? We have created a course with Dermalogica called Virtual Touch. So you can reach out to your local education team for more information on that. So again, if you're loving and and feeling inspired behind what, how George is sharing about what's happened with him with the virtual consultations and virtual touch, you can definitely um, check that out as well. So I have um, another question for you. What specific steps have you taken that to build your career or to stay you know, active or actively educated or actively involved um, with your business during, during COVID? The one word I use more than anything is upskilling, education. My greatest source of inspiration and desire to pull myself up, we all have dark moments. I'm not going to pretend that I wasn't afraid. We all were and are. But I would have to say, in all honesty, Beth, my journey with Dermalogica is what really saved my day. I embarked on the expert pathway of education and that just kept motiva motivating me to learn more and more and to engage with other colleagues in the industry. And that is something that really helped. It really clarified my direction, you know, and I do believe that education is the most powerful thing and learn to stay relevant. And what I mean by that is exactly in terms of upskilling up and education, learn how to use social media, reach out to people, who have a passion for it. You know, 
if you're at home, rather than watching Netflix, start setting up, you know, Instagram stories, start preparing a feed that you can drip feed into your business, so to speak. You know, you have a data bank of things to use. There is always something to do. If you're unhappy, go back to your space. Do you need to make any physical, you know, physical changes, environmental changes? Now is the time to actually touch your space. Really talk to yourself, to your colleagues, to your business partners, to your teams, and work out what it is that you want to achieve. Staying silent is not what we need to do. So as much as there was isolation, I found that this was the time to actually engage more and more and more with people. And that is what I felt really brought my career to where it was. And I also was very, very fortunate to be invited to be a guest speaker on a couple of launches for some brands during this time in virtual presentation format. And that kept me very, very active mm -hmm. and really, really connected to the industry at large. So it's really a balance of looking within to create without, if that makes sense. And that's how we grow. We have to have that desire to actually push ahead, even when the challenges are there. Mm -hmm. And that's how we overcome the stress and the difficulty of it. Right, right. And then like you said, I mean, all of us are experiencing that. You, we all as therapists, as entrepreneurs, business owners, or maybe if you're working for someone else and you're, you know, your hours are cut back or shortened, everyone is very real with how it has affected them, both physically, mentally, emotionally, financially. And also to not be afraid to tap into that bit of vulnerability because your clients are experiencing the exact same thing. So having that empathy and being able to resonate with that is also, I think a big thing because you're probably going to notice that when your clients do come back to you, they're going to be sharing a lot of this information or stress or just concerns or stories that they've had that they, you know, have experienced while all of this has been affecting us. So I love the point that you made about just being active, looking within, upskilling, you know, always finding a way to get in touch either with your business, yourself, uh, your colleagues. I mean, I think other skin therapists are the best sounding boards of even if it's just like, does this sound crazy or does this make sense? Or would you get this treatment if I, if I put it on my menu when I can reopen? So I love that of just tapping into your resources as well. So I have to ask you for our final question today is, you know, through all of this, George, and you definitely have been through a lot of changes, lockdowns, opening successes, great experiences, and then even the quiet times. If someone asked you, you know, why, why do you do it? Like, why did you become a skin therapist and continue with your business? Because again, you opened up a new location, you signed a new lease, you have a new business partner. What would be your answer to what is your why behind this? Where do I begin, Beth? Uh, so many things come into my mind as you were asking me the question. And to be honest, it is my reason for being. It is my life. I love what I do. I fell into it from need. And so the industry found me as we were talking about our profession, you know, discovering us. It's not about us looking for the opportunity, but the opportunity finding us. The interesting thing for me is I, earlier this year, had envisaged a space exactly like the one that I'm working out of. 
a boutique studio, a stunning retail lounge, a very bespoke environment, and no more than two guests ever in the clinic, one in a private waiting room and one in the treatment with me. There's even a back door for the clients to leave, which is very COVID friendly mm -hmm. because, you know, no one will ever cross even in reception, so to speak. So it's almost like you've stepped into a very secret clinic and studio. And I envisage this space, even the way that the, the space is set up, the light, everything just, it felt right. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, it was over a cup of coffee during COVID lockdown as I was walking with my friend who is now my new business partner, where he said to me, isn't it time we did this? I've wanted to do this with you for years. Let's do this. And I just looked at him and said, I finally accept. It's time. Mm -hmm. And I think the most important thing that I'm trying to say in a roundabout way, and hopefully it makes sense, is never give, never let go of your dreams. Never let go of what it is that drives you, your vision, your belief. But most importantly, validate yourself because I sat there thinking maybe I wasn't valid enough to want to go out there and start this new business you know oh it's just a dream but when you see that other people want to invest in you and work with you you have something to bring to the table and it's taking who you are what you do and what you believe in and almost creating a product that is tangible you are your own brand and that is what makes it resonate and make so authentic. I couldn't see myself doing any other thing. I don't plan on retiring. I'll be in my 80s still performing facials <laughs> and that will never change. I love it. Because it really, it's everything. It, it really is my reason for being. And, you know, my friends and my family think I'm crazy, but they understand my love of what I do. And I have to say, in all honesty, you know, Dermalogic has been a huge part of that journey. It's a very recent part of my journey. But the tribe, which you mentioned earlier, really, truly, authentically resonates. You know, everyone that I've worked with and met on my Dermalogica journey has been so authentic, so open, so encouraging, and especially in this time, mm -hmm. that I've been an aesthetician for nearly 30 years. But the proudest moment for me was being certified a Dermalogica expert because I felt like I belonged in a community of like-minded people who not only do what we do as a job, it is our profession, it is our craft, it is our passion. And that's where more than anything, this is where the journey is. I hope that makes sense. Absolutely, absolutely. I know a lot of our listeners are completely feeling very connected to, um, to what you shared and definitely can feel that passion, that energy, and that love all the way through this podcast and all the way through just your words and your energy that you have had with us today as well. And I just want to thank you for just joining, being part of the Dermalogica family, you know, jumping into this industry full force. Your clients are very lucky to have you. And we're very fortunate to have you be a guest with us today. And thank you so much for just being open and authentic and inspiring and such a great motivation. So this is definitely the positive dose that a lot of us need, you know, during these uncertain times. So I just wanted to give you a big heartfelt thanks for joining us today, George. We really appreciate it. Beth, I can't thank you enough. I really feel the the beauty and authenticity of your words it's something that's touched me very very much and again you know i'm almost getting teary saying this 
Thank you. It's such a privilege to be a part of Living Skin with you. And I don't know what else to say other than all the best and onwards and upwards for all of our family and beyond. Thank you so much, Beth. Thank you, George. Thank you for listening to Living Skin. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast. If you have any topics you'd like for us to feature, send an email to livingskinpod at dermalogica.com. And until next time, cheers to living in your healthiest skin.